Hey, welcome to River Point Church. I want to say hello to everyone that is watching this message online. Maybe you normally attend the Missouri City Campus or West End Church or over there in Richmond. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are watching from. We've been in a series called Music to My Ears. And I don't know about you, but we often live in a world where it seems like we're constantly getting bad news. And I want you to know that inside of God's word are some phrases, some statements that I believe change the game for us. And they are music to our ears. The one uh, statement that we're going to be looking at uh, that I believe is music to our ears today is found in Luke chapter seven. Now in Luke chapter seven, uh, Jesus has been invited to a party. He accepts the invitation. He gets a place at the table and all of a sudden somebody enters this party that shouldn't be there. And it is a prostitute. And here is, is what scripture tells us in Luke chapter seven, verse 38. It says, broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus's feet. Then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume as an act of worship. Today's subject is entitled, I'll take the check. I'll take the check. I mean, isn't that a phrase that is music to our ears? I mean, isn't the, the old uh, internal argument that we can kind of feel whenever we're out to eat is who's paying, you know? Like, especially when it's not very clear uh, on who is paying and who's not, because, you know, the, the waiter, the waitress, they come to the table and they say these famous words together or separate. And depending on what they say, it, it can be, and, and here's the deal. If you're on a date and that happens, that come on, bro, just cover the meal, okay? But it, there's nothing worse to, than being invited to a steakhouse on a Chipotle budget. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, um, I'm going to just order water. I'm just going to just, like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'll never forget uh, in college, uh, there was this guy, he said, Ryan, I, I want to take you out, man. I want to take you out so, somewhere real nice. I said, man, it ain't that serious, man. Why don't we just go Burger King? Let's just hang out. Let's watch a game, whatever. He's like, no, 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 no. No, man, I want you pick somewhere real nice, man. I want to take you out. And I was like, man, I, I'm not trying to break the bank, but, you know, why, why don't we just go to, you know, Red Lobster, okay? So we go to Red Lobster, and, and the whole time he's like, man, get what you want, man. Get what you want. We're ordering appetizers, dessert, main course, you name it. It's like, and then all of a sudden, the server comes and says, together or separate? And this man had the nerve to say, ah, that's what he said. He didn't even say, he didn't say together. He didn't say separate. He just took a deep sigh. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, separate. And he just like, okay, good. I'm like, bro, you asked me to go to dinner. I can't believe you're going, you going, how, how you going to pull this trick on me? I mean, Whenever we hear, I'll take the check, man, there's, there's a relief that there's a debt that we no longer have to pay. What I want you to know today is this. There's a debt that we owed God and he picked up the tab. Today's story in Luke 7 is about a woman who had a debt that she could not repay. And she got that debt forgiven. Now, she is not just 
a sinner. She's a notorious sinner. Most scholars say she's a prostitute. Some could make the argument that there are some at the party that knew her better than they would even be willing to admit. Now, for a woman of her stature, for a woman in her position, a woman who has a career that is frowned upon, it would be rather bold to enter into a house of a Pharisee. But nevertheless, it took courage and determination for her to show up and say, you know what? I have got to meet Jesus. Perfume in this day was very costly. It was something that a lot of women would actually wear around their neck as a, as a symbol of, of, of this is a lot of my belongings. And she was pouring that out on Jesus. And then verse 39 says this, it says, when Simon saw what was happening, he's the host of the party. He thought this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. You see, Simon the Pharisee, uh, he sees this woman not as a humble sinner, but as a notorious sinner. He can't see past what she's done in her past. Have you ever been there? Don't you know somebody who's been there themselves where they felt like they just weren't even good enough to be around Christians? I mean, they have this fear of being Judge. They might have some violence in their past. They might have some alcohol issues. Maybe they just cuss a lot. Maybe they just feel like they can't live up to church rules. Maybe, I don't know if you've ever been around church people and it was like you were unaware of the church dress code and you just feel out of place. I mean, it's like your friend told you, come just as you are, but then you did. And you came just as you are. And it was like, you were the only one who came just as they are. No one wants to stick out for all the wrong reasons. But for this woman, she decides to push past all of that. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this woman wouldn't have even been accepted in a public religious gathering let alone a private dinner for religious leaders. But yet, she doesn't care. Because for her, it's not about what she's done in the past. It's about her posture towards Jesus right here and right now. Now, Jesus responds. Now, I want you to know that in Scripture, Jesus is responding to what Simon the Pharisee thought, not said, thought. You got to be careful what you even think around Jesus. And this is what it says in verse 40. Jesus says, Simon, I have a word for you. Go ahead, teacher. I want to hear it, he answered. It's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other only owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts. The kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they owed. Tell me, Simon, which of the two debtors would be the most thankful? Which one would love the banker the most? 
Simon answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debt forgiven. You're right. Jesus agreed. <laughs> Have you ever uh, <laughs> had debt? Have you ever uh, had some, in particular, student loan? I don't know why student loan debt just feels different than like a car loan or it just it just feels like they're just going to go on forever and ever and ever. If, if I ever decided to run for president or something crazy like that, my whole campaign would be about forgiving student loans. It just feels like this this debt that is just never going to go away. I mean, Jesus is telling us the story. He's going, man, if, if you were forgiven more, wouldn't wouldn't you love the one that forgave the debt more? And that's exactly what Jesus did for this woman. She's been forgiven for more. So she's showing more love. I mean, for a lot of us, it can be difficult to, to think about how we owe a debt to God. But, but we did. We, we, you know, so whenever... Whenever one of us does something wrong to someone else, it kind of sits with us, doesn't it? Especially when you know it was wrong. And it, and it sort of puts space between us whenever we've done wrong to one another. It's the same thing with God. Not one of us is deserving to have a relationship with a perfect God. And so there is this level of guilt that comes whenever we do something wrong between us and another person or us and God. And receiving the forgiveness of God is so important because some people are like, man, what do you mean? Like, okay, what do you mean? I, I owe God. Yeah, we, we all do. There is a debt that we could not pay and we desperately need the forgiveness of God because I believe it allows us to do three things. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, the first thing that the forgiveness of God gives us the ability to do is to have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. He picked up the tab. He said, I'll take the check. The second thing that the forgiveness of God allows us to do is a thing that's really hard for most of us to move on. I mean, did you know? that you don't have to carry the weight of what you've done. That just might be music to your ears. The guilt of getting it wrong as a husband, a father, a boss, a mother, a brother, a sister, a leader. I mean, we do all of these singing of songs. We read this collection of books that we call the Bible. We all do that because it all points to Jesus. And, and what the forgiveness of God does for us is it releases us from carrying the weight of everything that we've ever done wrong. And, and the third thing, which I, I think this is huge. I think this is a game changer for us. The third thing I think the forgiveness of God gives us the ability to do is to forgive others. I mean, how bad do we need that? I mean, how nice would it be if you knew that today you don't have to live with a backpack full of grudges? <laughs> you know why? Because when you realize you've received something that you didn't deserve, it's easier to give someone else what you didn't deserve. Now, what we see happen next 
in this story is you see Jesus giving a, a he's comparing and contrasting this prostitute's posture towards him versus Simon. He's going, you know, ever since I got here, she, <laughs> she hasn't stopped honoring me. But yet you didn't even do the normal things that you would do for a guest, like wash the dust off of my feet, which was something that was customary. But yet here she is. And at this party, from the moment he got there, she has not stopped kissing Jesus's feet. But she did. She, she got to a place where she says, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I am going to honor Jesus. And here's what it says in verse 47. It says, she has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, all your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said among themselves, who is the one who can even forgive sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. I'm amazed by Jesus. I'm amazed at the order in which these events took place, the order in which this story is told presents somewhat of a logical conundrum. I mean, I mean so, so here's how I would have told this story. Okay, I would have told the story, this prostitute, okay, she shows up to the party. Then Jesus tells her all her sins are forgiven. She then responds to that by honoring and worshiping Jesus Then Jesus explains why she is honoring and worshiping because she has been forgiven and lets her know that her faith paved the way. But that's not how Luke tells the story. Here's how Luke tells the story. She shows up to the party. She honors and worships Jesus before anything changes for her. Jesus says she has been forgiven Then Jesus tells her all her sins are forgiven and then lets her know that her faith paved the way. It's almost as if he's telling the story backwards. And you know, you want to know what I, I think is music to our ears when I think about this? This woman and Jesus have dismantled the myth that you need to be good enough to worship. She didn't earn it. She just surrendered. She just fell at his feet. She trusted that Jesus could change her life. And she just fell at his feet and gave what she had. You know, I I think this is, this is one of those stories that if you're at Jesus' feet, you're going, wait a minute. You said I was forgiven, but now you're telling me I am forgiven. There's this, you know, what I, you know what I think this encourages us to do? I think this encourages us 
to change our posture towards God. I, I think one of the best things that we can do, especially in a season that we're in right now, is to fall to our knees on a daily basis and say, Lord, you can have my best. I'm not even telling you to get your act together. I think this might be the best news you've ever heard. Is that you you don't have to have all of these Bible verses memorized. You don't have to know the lyrics to the blessing and Waymaker. Um, you, you don't have to, to figure out if you need to go on a mission trip that you don't have to follow all of these church rules before you can decide to just know who Jesus is and say, man, what would it look like for me to fall at his feet? And what you would find at the feet of Jesus is forgiveness for your soul. And when we do that, something happens in us that we can then give to others. And in a season where there are so many comments that can be made towards us or people that we feel like we identify with, and in some of those moments where we can take shots at each other on social media, man, wouldn't the world be a better place if we were just a little bit more forgiving. If we were just a little bit more to say, you know what, what has God done for me? What I want to encourage each and every person to do, I want to encourage you that whatever your thing is in this season of your life, would you lay that at the feet of Jesus? Would you, I I mean, some of us will run to Facebook before we'll run to God. Because maybe we're looking for someone to relate with us. Can I tell you something? Jesus Christ came to the planet in the form of a man to go through the worst of circumstances, to identify with us. I'm not trying to knock social media. I'm trying to encourage us to make sure that we're going to the right places to get the right things for our soul. And when we do, I believe the world is going to be a better place. Call me crazy. I think the world needs Jesus because something happens at the feet of Jesus that can't happen anywhere else. Forgiveness for our souls. We owed God a debt. We owe each other a debt that we cannot pay on our own. And in that moment, God sent his one and only son to take the check, to pick up the tab so that you nor I would have to pay it. Our part is not to do the saving. Our part is to do the surrendering. Fall on our knees and say, Jesus, you can have it all. I owe you my life. Here, here it is. And I think when we do that, we'll find ourselves walking in a lot of forgiveness. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what I believe is music to our ears. What you need to know today is that you are forgiven. God, I thank you so much for each and every person 
watching this message. God, I pray that in these next few moments that we would find ourselves humbled, that we would find ourselves falling at your feet, laying everything down that we carry so often. God, I pray that we would walk in forgiveness of each other. There's a lot of people in our world right now, Lord, that are trying to figure it out. They're trying to get it right. And I pray that we would be people that walk with grace and that we would be carriers of good news and that the things that we have to say to people on behalf of you would be music to their ears. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen.